Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Nehemiah chapter number 6, the Bible said in verse number 1, Now it came to pass... When Samballad and Tobiah and Gershom the Arabian uh, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had builded the wall uh, and that there was no breach left therein, uh, though at the time uh, I had not set up the doors of the gates that Samballad and Gershom sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, watch this, saying, uh, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why, um, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease uh, whilst I leave it and come down to you? Go with me for the sake of time uh, to verse number 11. The Bible said, and, and whenever you read from verse number 4 uh, down through verse number 11, they are continually uh, trying to get Nehemiah to quit the work that God has put him in. In verse number 11, he says this, And I said unto them, Should such a man as I flee, and who is there that being as I am would go into the temple to save his life, I will not go in. Look what he said in verse number 11. And I said unto them, Should such a man as I flee, should such a man as I just quit serving God? Should such a man as I just walk away from everything that God has blessed me in? Should such a man as I flee? And here's what I want to preach to you about. How not to flee in the times of trouble. How not to flee in the times of trouble. Father, I love you this morning. And God, you know the very need of this service today. I pray, God, that you'd help us this morning, God. And Lord, I pray, God, that you'd bring back to our mind and our remembrance, God, the things that we've studied, Father. I pray, God, that you'd help the people today. God, I pray, Lord, that you'd help me this morning as I preach, Father. I pray, Lord, that you'd encourage our hearts, Lord, that you would strengthen us, God, that if there's anybody here lost, God, that they would be saved today. And we'll give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated this morning. Now give me just a little bit of time to explain to you what's going on in the book of Nehemiah. You that's been here very much at all, you've heard me talk a lot about everything that's happening in the book of Nehemiah, but if you haven't been, give me just a brief moment to give you a little bit of groundwork into what's going on. Nehemiah, when we come to chapter number one, Nehemiah is the king's cupbearer. Nehemiah is a very trusted man uh, uh, by the king, Matter of fact, Nehemiah is the most trusted man by the king because he is his cupbearer. Here's simply what that means. Before the king eats anything and before the king drinks anything, it goes to Nehemiah first. Nehemiah eats it, Nehemiah drinks it, and if Nehemiah doesn't die, then it goes on to the king. Well, I thought about this. That's a very, uh, uh, that says a lot about the character of Nehemiah, but it's a very interesting job I don't think that I would want to have. 
And you say, well, preacher, you'd get to eat anything that the king eats. Yeah, but if they're going to kill him by his foods, you know who's going to die first? Oh, Nehemiah is. So Nehemiah is a very trusted man. Uh, Nehemiah is a man, can I say it this way? He's got it made in life. Wherever the king goes, Nehemiah goes. Whatever the king eats, Nehemiah eats. Whatever the king drinks, Nehemiah drinks. If the king goes on vacation, Nehemiah goes on vacation. Anywhere the king's at, guess who's there? Nehemiah's there. Nehemiah, we can say this, was a man of prestige, no doubt. Nehemiah was a man of great character, no doubt. Nehemiah was a man that carried himself well. Why? Because of who he was in the king's palace. But they come to Nehemiah, his brothers does, and, and we can say it this way, his brothers in the Lord come to him, and they say, Nehemiah, the walls of Jerusalem are torn down. The walls of Jerusalem is a mess, and, 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 and our country lies in waste. Nehemiah says, well, let me think about this and let me pray about this and let me overview what the condition is and we'll see if we can do something about it. Now, when I say the walls of Jerusalem, understand it was just not a two-by-four wall like on our house today or on our church today. This wall of Jerusalem actually covered 960 acres. This wall of Jerusalem was 39 feet high and 8 feet wide. It was a large wall that had been torn down. Nehemiah says, well, you know what? As I look at all of this and see the condition of our country, you know what I think I do? I think I'll lead the building project of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Nehemiah goes to the king. He talks to the king, asks the king for permission to leave the palace and to begin this great project. The king gives him permission to do that. And you that knows your Bible knows that he not only gave him permission to do that, he practically gave him all the materials that he needed to build this wall back. Nehemiah, Nehemiah begins this great work of rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. And he no more than gets started. And guess what happens? Somebody rises up against them. Somebody, is there anybody in here today that don't like your name? Nobody's going to be honest. You don't like Holly. I think Holly's a great name. Have a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> it's the best time of the year. At least it's not Gershon. At least it's not Sam Ballot. I mean, could you, hey, Sam, come over here, buddy. I, 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 would, I would please, if my name was Sam Ballot, call me Sammy Boy, all right? But Sam Ballot, Gershon, and what about this, uh, Tobiah? I mean, I'd have things about somebody's toe every time that I, Sam Ballot, Gershon, and Tobiah, what did they do? They rise up against Nehemiah, and they tell Nehemiah, you can't build this wall, you can't do this, you can't do that. But you know what Nehemiah does? Nehemiah builds this wall back, and watch this. He builds it back according to chapter number 6, verse 15. In 52 days, my, 52 days he does this. But in the midst of doing right, there was trouble. In our life today, have you ever decided, can I just say it this way? Have you, we're at New Year's. This is the first Sunday of 2021, or is it 22? 
Man, time flies when you're having fun. 2022. It's the first Sunday, and no doubt, yesterday was the first year, and no doubt, some has some New Year's resolution. Matter of fact, we was eating there at the church on Friday and there was a lot of good food there, was they not? And I went by and I got some dessert and then I went back and I got some dessert and I went back and I got some more. There was some peach pudding or some peach cobbler there that was unreal. And I went back and I got some more and one of the ladies was picking around with me. You know what I told him, Brother Brian? I said, I'm going on a diet first of the year. I'm going to eat it up today. We have some New Year's resolutions and me and Brother David Williams was talking this morning again about our personal New Year's things and things that we want to see God do in our churches and in our lives and no doubt some has started reading through their Bible again and uh, no doubt some has went on a diet and, and you're making it, man. You're two days in. Great. You're doing good. Somebody said amen right there. But have you ever been at that point where you decided, you know what, the Lord has saved me, and I'm glad that he has saved me. If you're not saved this morning, you need to get saved. The Lord saved me, and now that I'm saved, I really want to do, and this is one of my prayers, and I'll say a whole lot more about it tonight. I pray that God lets us do more this year to reach our community than we ever have in the history of our church. I pray that God lets us have more people saved this year than we ever have in the history of our church. I pray God lets us baptize more people than we ever have in the history of our church. But I want you to understand something this morning. Whenever we start praying those things, it's day two of a 21-day fast for some of us. Whenever we start fasting and praying and begging God to help us and to grow our church, you know what's going to happen? Samballot and Gershon and Tobias is going to stick their head up. Have you ever decided, I'm going to serve the Lord? And you know more than decide to do that. And you know what happens? Trouble comes our way. Trouble comes our way. We may say, well, preacher, I, I never battle discouragement. I, I never battle uh, 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 of despondency of wanting to walk away from the church. I never battle things like that. But hear me and hear me well. If you're trying to serve God, if you're trying to live for the Lord, if you're trying to do anything in your life pleasing to God, trouble will come. Problems will come. You know, a lot of times we say this. People just need to get tough. You know what, I agree with that. There's a bunch of sissies in our society today. You can say amen to that if you want to. There's a generation that's coming up. I just don't know about them. I just don't know about them. Man, they need to get tough. Let me tell you what some of them needs. Some of them needs a trip behind the woodshed. Somebody say amen right there. That's what they need. Just a good old stomping would help them. <laughs> I forgot we're on live feed. I, I, somebody will be complaining about that. But it's the truth. Man, I'm going to tell you something. If I ever acted like some of these so-called boys do today, my daddy would have planted a number nine and a half double E where the sun don't shine, buddy, and would have straightened me out. Out. We say we got to get tough. We got to say when the devil rises up again, man, we got to get tough. We need a backbone like a saw log, bless God, uh, and we need to get tough. Well, I understand that. I completely understand. And there is, when we're talking about fleshly things, we do. We do need to get tough a lot of times. 
But I want you to understand something with me. This is not a fleshly battle that we're dealing with. Take your Bible and look with me in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 6. Let me read you a verse right here. Ephesians chapter number 6. I want you to stay with me. I promise you I'm headed somewhere. Ephesians chapter number 6. Look what the Bible said in verse number 12. Ephesians chapter number 6 verse number 12 says this. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This battle that we are in today is not necessarily a physical battle that we are in. It is a spiritual battle. that We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It's not that me and Brother Robert's going to go out back and they're going to set a timer and we're going to have 10 rounds at three minutes each. That is not what he is talking about here. It is the fact of this today. We have an adversary that is the devil today and the devil is wrestling against us. I began looking at this, this verse and the word wrestle right here. It simply means hand-to-hand combat. But I want you to stay with me right here. In in ancient days, whenever they would wrestle in ancient days, today it is different. I I don't like to watch WWE. Somebody say amen right there. It's it's, it's hogwash, okay? I'm sorry if, if you think it's real. But I do like to watch high school wrestling. I do like to watch that. I I I like to I like to watch a good. Uh, I'll just be quite honest with you. I like to watch just a good fist fight every once in a while. I, I ain't gonna lie about it. I, I, I they was a day that I like to square up with people. Somebody say amen right there. I'm not gonna lie. I thought I could fight a saw and, and, and a circle saw and whoop it at one point in my life. And, and I come to find out that I couldn't. I met a few and, and well, I toted a few and some others toted a few along the way. But in ancient days, the wrestling was not a set time. The wrestling was, honestly, when you study it out, it was life or death. When they entered into the ring in ancient days, it was one of them was more than likely going to die in that ring. And here's what he is saying today. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We are not in a hand-to-hand combat. Did you see that? Huh? Did you see that? Huh? Don't make me get my ninja star out. Regular can of scold, no says I. Don't be ninja on nobody. Don't need no ninja. It's not. Y'all come back now. It's not a hand-to-hand combat. It's not that Miss Christie's smacking me. She's probably wanted to in time or two in life. That's not what he's talking. He said, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Times of trouble. How are we going to keep from fleeing when the devil rises up against us? 
When the devil says, you don't need to go to church. When the devil says, throw in the towel. When the devil says, there's no need to continue doing the work that God's placed you in. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We're wrestling against the devil, who the enemy isn't. It's not us. You are not my enemy today. You say, oh, yes, I am. No, you're really not. You may have a selfish desire to run me off from the church or to destroy my ministry, but in all honesty, you're not my enemy. You are lending your body to Satan and allowing Satan to work through you. You are not my enemy, and I promise you today, whether you believe it or whether you don't, I am not your enemy today. I love you. I care about you. I want to see the best for you and your family. It's not that we're against each other. Who our enemy is, and it's not each other, but who our enemy is. It's Satan. He deceives us by lying about the consequences of sin. He did it with Eve. Ye shall not surely die. In chapter 3, verse number 4 of Genesis, he deceives us by casting doubt on the word of God. In Genesis chapter number 3, he said, Yea, hath God said. Listen to what the Bible said just back here. You don't have to turn, but listen to what the Bible said. Right here in 2 Corinthians. I don't have it marked. 2 Corinthians chapter number Four, verse number 4 says this in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should shine unto them Satan will have you convinced that your enemy is me but it's not watch this Satan is our ultimate enemy listen to what the Bible said in First John chapter number 4 Year of God, little children, ye have overcome them because, listen to this, greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. So according to that verse, we can be like Nehemiah and not flee in the time of trouble. You say, preacher, how can I keep from fleeing in the time of trouble? Let me show you one of two things, or three or four, and we'll go home. Number one, I'm watching the time with youth church. I always do. Number one. Here's the way you're not going to flee. It's going to take prayer. Boy, y'all thought I was going to really give you something deep right then. You was on the edge of your seat. You thought I was going to pull out one of them colossal words, didn't you? Prayer. You have to learn how to pray. (laughs) You have to learn how to pray. I'm not just saying now I lay me down to sleep. I park my scooter beside the street. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not, I'm not talking about God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. That's not what I'm talking about. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to learn how to talk to the Lord. You're going to have to learn how to pray. Listen, let's watch Nehemiah. How did Nehemiah keep from fleeing? Let's watch him. Go back to chapter number one with me in Nehemiah. Let me show you something. Nehemiah chapter number one. The Bible said this in verse number four. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, watch this, and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. How did Nehemiah keep from fleeing in the times of trouble? He fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Nehemiah knew what it was like to pray. You know what the old timers would say? Here's what the old timers would say. We need to grab a hold. Matter of fact, if the old timers was preaching today, their voice would have been a whole lot rougher. They would be sweating and they would be cotton mouth. That's what I called it. They would have that slobber right there in the side of their mouth. And they always had that third word, I. 
Y'all with me? They always said that third word, I. They'd say, the only way we're going to make it today, that's we're going to have to grab a hold of the horns of the altar and pray through. That's what they'd say. Grab a hold of the horns of the altar. What are they saying? Here's what they're simply saying. Is I'm going to pray until God hears me. I'm going to grab a hold of God and I'm not letting go until God hears me. If we're not going to flee in this new year, hey, hear me and hear me well. We're going to hit the ground running. Uh, tonight I'm going to say a whole lot more about it. We're going to develop a new ministry growth team uh, and, and man, we are going to hit the ground running in this new year and we're going to do everything in our power to turn our county upside down for God in the new year. But there will be trouble that comes our way. How are we not going to flee? In the times of trouble, church, we've got to pray. We've got to pray. You remember that, that passage in the New Testament? I'm not going to take time to go there. But he talks about having the faith of a mustard seed. And he says that if we have the faith of a mutton, faith, faith, if we have a faith of a muffle seed, if we have the faith of the mustard seed, that we can say to this mountain, be removed and it would be gone. And nothing shall be impossible to us. That's what he says. But we forget that next verse so many times. How be it, this kind cometh not, but by prayer and fasting. Watch Nehemiah. The enemy starts to rise against him. Let's see what he does. Look what he does in verse number 11 of chapter number 1. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive, watch this, to the prayer thy servant makes unto thee. Look what he says in chapter number 2, verse number 4. Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? Look what he said in verse number 4 of chapter number 2. So I prayed to the God of heaven. Look what the Bible said in chapter number 4, verse number 4. Again, Nehemiah is under attack. Look what's happening. He says, Hear, O our God. Look what he says again from verse number 4. Look down into verse Verse number 9, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God. Chapter number 5, verse number 19, look what he does. I love the word of God, don't you? He says this, think upon me, my God. What is he doing? He's praying. Chapter 6, verse number 9, the Bible says this, for they all made us afraid, saying their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hand how is Nehemiah able to make it in the times of trouble and not flee number one he prayed he prayed said preacher how do I pray it's real simple you just talk to the Lord Friday um, Friday or it was actually Saturday morning we we now this is gonna this is gonna confuse some of you but we went to church Friday night and left Saturday morning literally we went to church Friday night at 7 o'clock and, and we had church to about 15 minutes after 9 and then we left and went over into the fellowship hall and we had some fellowship and some food and some fun. You've got to be alliterated, food, fun, and fellowship. And then we came back into the church at 10.30 and you know what we did at 10.30? We throwed preachers back up there and preachers preached until 11.55. And at 11.55 on Friday night, we all went to the altar and we prayed the new year in. And at 12 o'clock, it becomes Saturday. So we went to church on Friday and didn't leave till Saturday. 
we got done, and whenever we got done, we got back to the cabin we were staying in, and it was about 1 o'clock whenever we got back to the cabin, and we was going to leave at 5.30 that morning and come home. And Brother Lloyd, I looked at Miss Leslie, and I said, you know what? I can be at home in my bed by 3.30. And she said, you're not as young as you used to be. You know what was going to happen? I was going to prove to her that I could drive home. So you know what I did? We threwed all the, the clothes in the car. We drove to Love's Travel Stop, and I got a great old big Red Bull. Somebody say amen right there. And I drove home. And on the way home, Leslie looked over at me about Morganton, and she said, I'm sleepy. I said, go to sleep. She said, you're not. I'm, I'm good shape right now. I said, but I promise you, if I, if I get tired, I promise you, I'll tell you. I promise you, I will. She said, okay. I said, I've got you, i got my kids in here, and I've got my kid's dad in here, and I don't want to hurt him. I'll let you know if I get tired. She said, okay. So she fell asleep. The girls was asleep. All four of them was snoring, Brother Mark, sawing logs like crazy. And I just got to crying coming down the road. I got to thinking about just how good the Lord was to me that he had let me go be a part of such a great meeting and preach in it and be the director of Foothills and, and my kids was in the vehicle with me and they was in good health and my wife was in good health and Brother Josh, I just got to coming up the road saying, Lord, I sure do thank you. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my babies. Thank you for this old van you're letting us drive. Thank you, Lord, for the heat in it. Thank you, Lord, for the air in it. Thank you, Lord, that I'm going home to a beautiful home. Thank you, Lord, for my goats. Thank you, Lord, for my dog. Thank you, Lord, for my guns. Thank you, Lord, for my guns. And thank you, Lord, for my guns some more. Somebody say Amen. amen. Thank you for my bow and arrow. Thank you for my little girl's bow and arrow that we can shoot together. I just, you say, what are you talking? I'm talking about praying. We think that praying, and, and I've got to hurry, but we think that praying is some complicated thing. It's not, church. Lord, Lord, Annie and Nicole needs help today. God, you know their mama. And what they have to put up with, I love you, Miss Michelle. Lord, they need help today. Lord, Jason's in the hospital and he needs you to touch him today. You said, preacher, I, I, I got to close my eyes. You ain't got to close your eyes to pray. I pray a lot of times going up the road and it's a good thing not to close your eyes while you're driving. It's just talking to the Lord. And if you're not going to flee when trouble comes, if you're not going to run when, when the adversary comes against us, you're going to have to learn to pray. Number two, not only did I see a prayer in Nehemiah's life, but I see a person in Nehemiah's life. I see a person in his life. Who is the person in Nehemiah's life? Well, go back to chapter number one. Can I show it to you? Let me just show it to you out of the Word of God. Chapter number one. Verse number four, he said this. And mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before Buddha. It's not what he said. And fasted and prayed before the preacher. No. He said, and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Now, if you want to go with me, I'm going to go fast. Chapter number 1, verse number 11. O oh Lord, 
I beseech thee, let thou thine ear be attentive. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the Lord, chapter 2, verse number 4. What did he say? So I prayed to the God of heaven, chapter number 4, verse number 4. What did he say? Here's what he said. Hear, O God. What did he say in verse number 9? Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God. Chapter number 5, verse number 9. Think upon me, my God. Chapter number 6, verse number 9. He says this, O God... Strengthen my hands. You see, Nehemiah had the right person in his life, and that person was God. I promise you, hear me and hear me well, you will have to have God on your side to not flee in the times of trouble. You will have to learn to depend on God. You will have to learn that there's times that there is things that we cannot do and we cannot accomplish. Us as men like to take care of things ourselves. We like to be fixers. We like to be over it. But there is some situations in our life that we cannot handle and we will have to learn that there is a God that we can go to and that God will help us. I'm glad when I think about God, He's omnipresent. That simply means He's everywhere at the same time. Why he's right here with us today at Amazing Grace. He's at Shining Light Baptist Church in Greensboro helping Dad. He's with Brother Williams in Hillsville, Virginia uh, helping him. He's with Dakota in Burnsville, North Carolina. If you don't know where that's at, you can't get there from here. In Burnsville, North Carolina, preaching at Wyndham Baptist Church. He's with Brother Heath out in the youth church. When you go home today, he's with you. When I go home today, he's with me. He's omnipresent. They was a person in Nehemiah's life that he leaned on and that he trusted and that person helped him. Could you imagine if you had to carry God around with you? Could you imagine if, 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 if Buddha was our God and the only way that Buddha could be with us is if we carried him with us? And what if the preacher would have come to church today and would have forgot his Buddha? I mean, the preacher's got to preach. We need a word from the Lord today. And the preacher forgot Buddha at home. Or maybe you know the way Popo is. Popo may have got Buddha and eat Buddha. <laughs> My dog loves Bible. She's eat two of them. Popo may have got Buddha. And what if I'd have come in and said, Brother Brian, I don't have Buddha. Have you got Buddha? Can I borrow your Buddha today? No, preacher, I thought you'd bring Buddha today. And I don't have one, well, Brother Ted. Have you? No, no. Uh, me and Susan was fighting this morning when we left. And we knew they were no need to bring Buddha. Well, Lord, have you got Buddha? No. We in a mess. Where's God at? No, we have somebody that's omnipresent with us. I'm glad that he's everywhere at the same time. And the way that we're not going to flee is to understand greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. How did he keep from fleeing? Number one, they was a prayer. Number two, they was a person. Come start playing. Number three, there was some people. The person is singular. It's God. The people is plural, though. You see, Nehemiah, Nehemiah, if I can illustrate it this way, I, I remember when we was building over here, Brother Lloyd, and, and we was working on this Sunday school wing. And um, the day come, man, the cement was poured. We rolled in at daybreak that Friday morning. 
And, and whenever we got here, all the material was here. And we had already figured out the windows and the jacks and, 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 and everything else. I'm not going to go into all that because the majority of you wouldn't understand what I was saying. The headers and everything else that had to be built. So we set up a saw with a guy building headers. We set up a saw with a guy cutting tees and, and building tees. And we set this up and we set this up. So they all started on their one part. And then we laid the bottom plate down and marked it off on the first wall. And we grabbed those trusses. I remember when I started building houses, I remember the first job site I went to, they laid the top and the bottom plate out, Brother Lloyd, and they showed me how to, to lay it all off. Then they took the top plate and moved it back up. Or we actually laid it out and then took the top plate and moved it back up. And I remember I went over there to the stud pile and I got just two or three and I walked over and I put them down. And I went back and I got two or three and I come over and put them down. And the boss man looked at me and he said, if you don't come back with 10 in your arm the next time you're fired. And I thought, well, man, that's rude. I mean, you know. So I went back over there and I come back like this. And I went to laying them out. And he said, no, that's not the way you do it. He showed me. And by the end of the way, buddy, at the end of the day, I could lay a wall out quick. We got those studs, man. We started laying it out. While we was laying it out, one was building over here on headers. One was cutting over here. One was starting over here on this. One was looking at the trusses. Brother Lloyd and Brother Greg Whitthrow was looking at plans and making sure this was going right and that was going right. And we laid that wall out. And then we went to nailing that wall. Man, there was air guns going off everywhere. And whenever we got that first wall built, they said, let's stand it. You know what happened? This one left from over here, and this one left from over here, and this one left from over here. And we stood up down that 60-foot wall and spread out. Brother Andy, we reached down, picked that wall up, and we stood it up in place. People started putting braces on. People started doing this. People started doing that. We started bracing it from the outside, man, and everybody was going. You know what? By about 10 o'clock, we had stood the second wall. By lunchtime, we had stood the third wall. Not long after lunch, we had stood the fourth wall on it, and we had started the interior walls. And by the end of the day, all the walls were stood, all the interior walls were stood. We had the trusses sitting there with the law, and we come back on Saturday morning, and you, you know what happened on Saturday morning? We started setting trusses. And in a day and a half... We built that, we trusted it, had it all dried in. Why? Because one was over here doing this. And the ladies was down at the fellowship hall fixing pinto beans and cornbread and mashed taters. Somebody say amen for all that. Are you with me? And the kids was running around in the yard just playing, watching the people of God doing what they're supposed to do. They wasn't nobody arguing. They wasn't nobody fighting. We was just doing what had to be done. And you know what? This morning, there's a bunch of little kids went running back there in that Sunday school wing. A bunch of babies went in the nursery and we had Sunday school. Why? Because the work got completed that needed to be done. Now, what if half of them, when we started to stand that wall, just gave up? When you get to that one point, and standing a wall, if you've ever built, you know what I'm saying. When you get to that one point, man, it's a load. But you know what you do? You press on through that load and you stand that wall. You know what? It feels like that we're at that point sometimes in our Christian life. 
And we're going, man, I just don't know if I can do it. But you know what? A little old scrawny man like me is right here and all of a sudden a big old guy like Brother Lloyd gets beside of me and we push the wall up to where it needs to be and we finish the task that God has for us to do. You say, preacher, what are you saying? The reason Nehemiah didn't flee is because he knew while he was building that wall that there was a whole lot of other people in the process of building that wall that needed him in his place doing what he does. You say, well, preacher... You know what? I don't know how to do this and I don't teach Sunday school and I don't drive the van and I don't do this and I don't do that. But hear me and hear me well. I need you in your place right where you're at today doing what you do on the wall because it's all of us working together. There was some people. You're not the only one trying to serve the Lord today. And you know what? There's times that Miss Shannon gets to that point in building the wall. She feels like throwing in the towel and quitting. But God will use the preacher to say something. Or God will use a song to say something. Or maybe Miss Leslie to send a text and say something. And all of a sudden, you know what you feel like? You feel like you can push that wall the rest of the way up. You feel like you can make it another day. Look around. You're not the only one trying to serve God. You're not the only one trying to live for the Lord. There is others, and we don't need to flee. We don't need to flee. Why? Because of the people. The people. We, whether you want to admit this or not, and I'm right now done. It's 12 o'clock. I'm right now done. Well, you won't admit this or not. You need me. Ella, you need me. You say, what for? I'm not sure, but you need me. Brother Josh, whether you won't admit it or not, you need me. Brother Jim, I know you're wise beyond my years, but you still need me. And you know what? I need you, Brother Brian. Corey, I need you. But Randy, I need you. Miss Shannon, we got to have you. Brother Robert, couldn't do it without you. You say, well, what about me? You too. We need each other. And the way that we're not going to flee is when we begin to look the other direction, we look back. Can you imagine when you read chapter number four? They're on that wall. One's got a spear in one hand and he's got a trial in the other hand. Now, could you imagine that? He's over here. He's got that trial, and he's laying that mud out down through there, and another one's behind him setting rocks on top of that, and he's got a spear in this hand. You say, why has he got a spear in this hand? Because the enemy's coming. Whenever the enemy comes, he's ready to fight the enemy. Hear me. You better keep your spear in your hand because the enemy's coming. We can work hard, but the enemy's coming, and we better be ready to fight him. we got to have each other. How not to flee in the times of trouble. There was a prayer. There was a person. But then there were some people. We need each other. Father.